When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nkunku is injured again. Bayern are back for Trevor Chalabar and Timo Werner going to Spurs. Hello there, guys. What is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Hope you're doing well. We have reached, nearly reached the end of the first week of 2024. I hope it's been a good one for you. It's been a nice one for, to be a Chelsea fan because we did win our first game of 2024 last night against Preston. Please go and check out my reaction to that game if you haven't already. But today's show, there is a, a few things to pick up. Part of it related to last night, but then also transfer stuff as well. We're going to start off with Christopher Nkunku because he didn't feature at all. I made a mistake in my review last night where I'd kind of forgotten he actually wasn't on the bench because I just assumed he was, um, but he wasn't on the bench at all. And then post-game, Pochettino confirmed and he said he wasn't involved because he suffered um, after training a problem in his hip and we need to see if he can be ready for the next few games. And it's been reported since that he basically, in Kunku could be injured for the next three weeks, that there'll of course be more assessments on him. But Another massive blow and Carefree Youth pointed out that although three weeks isn't the worst case scenario, these are the games he will be missing, which is the Carabao Cup semi-final first leg against Middlesbrough, which takes place on Tuesday, Fulham at home next Saturday, the return leg against Middlesbrough on the 23rd of January, the FA Cup fourth round on the 27th, and then likely he will be back for the end of this month away to Liverpool. But I feel what this really cites is Chelsea's continuing injury issues and why bad luck can no longer be used as an excuse or kind of a crutch for Chelsea fans because the number of injury setbacks we get from players is just unacceptable and it's far too high to be just bad luck in my opinion you know these aren't all impact injuries where players are getting broken legs and stuff that those are injuries that are very hard to prevent but the sort of setbacks we're seeing from players on a consistent basis especially even in training not so much within a game a competitive game that is is something that should be really concerning and is continuing to derail Chelsea's plans and I I don't think Pochettino and his coaching staff can be completely blameless within this because I think they need to bear some responsibility or at least they are a part of the solution trying to find a solution to this problem and I want to tie to this another quote that Pochettino made 
regarding Chirwell, Badiashio and Connie Chukameka because he said that all three of those players are close but we need to see everyday the evolution. Always the risk is really important and seeing how the players perform in the training session. And I think my concern and I think you should be your concern as well is that what's to say that those three players return say midweek or against Fulham and don't suffer the same problem pretty quickly that we've seen Christopher Nkunku suffer and also Romeo Lavia who literally suffered it in the first game he, he returned from injury. And you know we've seen consistent injury setbacks not just initial injuries but a consistent problem that has meant players spend further time on the sidelines it takes them further to get back to any form of consistent fitness so that is something for me that is just unavoidable at the moment and it's it's a real shame because Christopher Nkunku on his own is a wildly talented player is someone that I am so excited to see what he could do in a Chelsea shirt but to see these players very good players consistently pull up with injuries as I say it's, it's disingenuous to sit here and tell you it's a Pochettino problem because that's just that just doesn't bear out if we look further back than this season so that's not my point I think my argument is at the moment it's so so bad and we've entered a new year but the same problem persists injury FC is fully alive and well in 2024 let me know your opinions on this issue in the comments below second story is regarding Trevor Chalabur obviously we're fully into the January transfer window now and we did hear a lot about Trevor Chalabur potentially moving as you know late on as deadline day but that move to to buy and broke down but apparently even because of Trevor Chalabur's injury issues Bayern could be back. This is from uh, Florian uh, Plettenberg from Sky Sports in Germany saying that there is new movement now between Trevor Chalaba and Bayern. Originally, this chapter was closed for all parties a few weeks ago, as reported. However, Chalaba is supposed to be match fit again by the end of January. Bayern is informed and they are still looking for a, a new right back. There's con contact now talks and ideas about a loan for the 24-year-old. The reason I want to bring this up is because last night, and I mentioned this in my review, really focusing on Alfie Gilchrist, who you look at some of the numbers for Alfie Gilchrist, I put them on screen now, just highly impressive. I posted them on my Instagram as well for, for a debut. And I, I, you know, it wasn't trying to go in on Alfie Gilchrist. I just felt that, you know, he was being asked to play as a right back and he's naturally not that in that position. He is more of a center back, more of a an actual defender. So I, I felt at times Chelsea were harmed by not having sort of a bombing fullback. But given it was his first start at Chelsea, I think we still have to be quite positive about that performance. But the point I made was, if you compare his performance, which is very steady, very assured, what we've seen from Gilchrist so far, compared to a player right next to him, Axel Dezassi, who was bought for a fee in the summer, not the wildest fee you've ever seen, but a substantial fee, is expected to be playing at a high level. Who out of those two, if you didn't know anything about the history and the context of those two players, where they came from, what was their experience level like, who would look like the player that has a lack of experience, immaturity? It would be Axel Dezassi. And I think it links back to Trevor Chalobah because I, I do have a receipt for this and I did talk about this during the summer regarding when Chelsea went in for Axel Dezassi and why for me the, the deal just didn't make a lot of sense and why I wasn't that infused by it. So I'll play that now and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it. My kind of instant reaction was, is this really necessary? Despite the injury, injury to Wesley Fofana, despite the fact that we're waiting for Badish Shield to return and yes, Trevor Chalabur in the second half did go down with an injury. We've seen Bashir Humphreys, I think, have a really, really good preseason. Um, it's been great to see 
Pochettino really give him opportunity after opportunity. And it's hard to say that he has looked abject or out of place. He's looked very composed. He was with Thiago Silva in the game against Fulham and, and you know, didn't look wildly out of place. And I said, you know, in recent videos, if you, you maybe don't need to sign someone else, maybe you could just promote uh, Humphreys. Um, but Chelsea clearly feel differently. I wonder how that's going to work out and I wonder how what the collateral damage is going to be because uh, a Trevor Chalabar instantly comes to mind here in terms of the amount of links for him. Levi Colwell too. I know he's a right-sided option, uh, but Benoit Badeshaw is a left-sided option too, so those two are competing. They clearly want depth, right, and that's what you're getting. Um, but to have five centre-backs... Um, I don't know. I, ju I just wonder how it's all going to play out. And I wonder if it's going to go as well as and as smoothly as people anticipate. For me, Trevor Chalabra is a better player than Axel Dezassi. And that's not me sitting here and trying to say that Axel Dezassi is rubbish. Axel Dezassi provides nothing that I like. He has some attributes that I like. I, I think physically, he, I think, has adapted to the Premier League in a similar way to where Benoit Badeshaw. But I think Benoit Badeshaw is just a more accomplished defender than... Axel Dezassi. But my problem with a signing like Dezassi is it's the classic Chelsea new shiny toy syndrome type deal where because someone costs a lot, because someone is coming from elsewhere and we're buying them in, they instinctively, and people just assume they are clearly better. They must be better than the academy graduate we currently have. They they have to be, right? Because the market never lies. Chelsea are paying money. This guy's played in Liga. He's played for Monaco, a decent-sized club. He surely should be better than what we could provide from internal solutions within Cobham. And it's, again, it's this kind of fallacy within the market that Chelsea continue to fall for. And I just, I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's right to call it out. Even though I'm resigned to the fact that Trevor Chalaba should be moving on for the betterment of his career, I still don't buy and I'm never going to buy the argument that we have improved without Trevor Chalaba defensively or specifically Axel Dezassi has, has proven himself to be a major upgrade on the player that could have been playing in that position, which is Trevor Chalaba, because of course he's been injured. And, and I think it's just, again, a signal of, of that, disconnect of logic at times it feels like a frustration deep frustration that I have is when I just see consistently us making moves in the market for players who are not equal at times or even better substantially better I gave Malo Gusto a lot of credit last night because that is proof of going out in the market specifically for a, a position and an area that we needed to strengthen bringing in a player and then very quickly proving in a number of ways that they are absolutely the best option or at least have upgraded our squad have has made Malo Gusto has made Chelsea's squad stronger especially in the right back position that is undeniable Cole Palmer has made Chelsea's squad stronger in the attacking position there is you know he is clearly a quality player he's clearly an influential player I have no problem it's not about don't go out and sign players if they're better but they have to be better because we're just wasting time and wasting money I love it for Trev that he could be going to buy him a club that could win the Champions League. I think he will quickly prove to be one of the best defenders in the Bundesliga. And even though he might be asked to play right back, we know the versatility of Trev, like a lot of Cobham players, I think he'll excel. It is kind of a little bit ironic that 
Tuchel would be the manager bringing him in. You know, someone who I, I don't think treated Trev the best, in my opinion, um, seemed to discard him when and used players in worse form because they were a little bit older and maybe had more experience. But actually, in performance, Trev was one of the better players in the Tuchel era, if we think about it, in terms of just the performances he had, the impact he had defensively for Chelsea in some big games against elite opposition. But that's it for Trevor Chalabar. I hope for his sake he does get a move this month because it doesn't look like he's going to get any time at Chelsea under Pochettino. So those are my thoughts. Let me know yours. Finally, I've got to talk about this. Timo Werner is returning to the Premier League with Spurs. This came up. I, I was um, out yesterday morning doing a, a 5K, a brutal 5K run. And then I, I was just a little bit beaten down, you know, sore. And then I saw this and it did make me chuckle on the way home uh, because it's... Whatever it is for Spurs, it, that's kind of not the interest to me. The interest is the reaction from Chelsea fans because there's still Chelsea fans out there who... Listen, I, I understand the liking towards Werner as a character. I really do. I, and and my criticism of him has never been personal as I never try to go to... Unless we have like clear evidence of like a Courtois situation or whatever, right? We, as a character, I think Werner is clearly a likable personality. He clearly is someone that gets on well with players around him, seems like a good influence within the dressing room. No problem with that. It's what actually happens when he steps on the field that was my big problem at Chelsea. And based on the evidence of what we saw at Chelsea, he was a failure of a signing, a massive failure of a signing. He was technically inept at times. He provided very little output for a lot of investment. He got chances over and over again ahead of players who I think should have got more instead of him. Tammy Abraham being the prime example, I think, for me, especially in his first season at Chelsea. And I think the hip hypocrisy of, of Werner right now for me with Chelsea fans is like people are so like heartbroken. Is like the abuse and the disrespect I see towards Nicholas Jackson, who statistically in the first half of his season, and bear in mind he's now gone away for a month, he's only going to miss two Premier League games. But if we look at his numbers, he has already surpassed Timo Werner's first season at Chelsea and that was a season when the amount of patience that was given to Werner in a better Chelsea team was just it it was hilarious right and the the excuses that were made for his bad performances I just think that I hopefully because he's going to Spurs a bit of rival the gaslighting and the mass hypnosis over Timo Werner as a footballer will end and people will realize that actually he wasn't that good of a footballer for us he was a nice guy he was involved in a Champions League win. That can never be taken away from him. But this idea that he's even close to players like Juan Mata, for instance. Someone brought this up to me. It's like Juan Mata moved and people didn't have that much of a problem with it. I, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. But like compared to like some of the stuff I saw yesterday was just, I mean, it was pathetic, really. It was like, we're not talking about a Chelsea great. We're not talking about a player who left a legacy that we desperately miss right now. Like, we don't. There's no part of me that is clinging to see Werner run offside 20 times a game, to see him fail to take a man on with his speed, to, to lack a first touch, to miss glaring opportunities. And sure, some Chelsea players currently miss glaring opportunities, but even those players are still putting up respectable numbers, really, in comparison to what Werner did. So, those are my thoughts. I wanted to give you mine. Listen, I if you're a Werner fan, if you if you're if you're someone that, I mean, it's just for me. It's like it's output, right? And it's just competence. And I speak about that a lot on this show. Is that I just, that's my problem with Werner? Is that it's just 
investment and the way people treat, say, Tammy Abraham, the way they treat Nicholas Jackson right now, the way they have treated other players in comparison to a player that is not providing numbers, but is somehow given endless patience because he had a nice, like, catchy song for a while, but wasn't that great of a player for us. And I think we made the right move cutting ties when we did. And hopefully he doesn't do that well for Spurs, but that that's what it is. And we can focus on other players we have right now who are doing better. That is it for Sunday's new show. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch it and listen to it. You can follow me across the socials at Sun of Chelsea and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.